there's a big opportunity, not only for people who are looking to get on podcasts, but podcasters themselves. And so that's what we want to build. We want to build the number one place for people to get booked on shows and for podcasters to figure out how to grow and monetize and get to the next level with their shows. Hello there and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here again. I tell you what, today I have somebody very special lined up here because on today's show I have the pleasure of welcoming serial entrepreneur, top 10 podcaster, award-winning sales specialist and podcast monetization expert, Jamie Atkinson. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. I feel like you kind of rolled the red carpet out for us. Absolutely, and, uh, and well deserved. Made me feel very special, so thank you. <laughs> well deserved, as I was uh, going to say. Now, you and I are going to be talking about all things podcasting, including what you need to do to skyrocket your results using the Media Firestorm sales and marketing system. So you and I have been speaking at length about all things podcasting, but it's customary for us before we jump into the core of that part of the call to learn a little bit about you. So are you ready? I think so. I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> so where are you calling in from today, Jamie? So it's funny. I, I sound semi-Australian. I'm actually English originally. I just speak to Americans all the time. So <laughs> my, my parents make fun of my accent constantly. But I actually live in Costa Rica. So I live in a, a little town called Playa Negra in Costa Rica. That's, oh. where I, that's where I've lived for the last three years. Very, very difficult to put up with. Now, what do you love about the place? Honestly, I, I originally came here because it was sunny and uh, I, I was living in Thailand, but I hated the time difference because yep. all my customers are in America. It's like you wake up at 9 a.m. and it's 9 p.m. in the U.S. It's terrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the really nice thing about Costa Rica is just they're very chill, very relaxed. I even started surfing, although I haven't been in a while. So I don't know if I can still claim that I'm a surfer. But, yeah, it's they call it Pura Vida. You know, it's it's the it's the it's the simple life out here. It's beautiful. Well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, it's about getting away from the business occasionally. So what other hobbies and sports do you enjoy apart from surfing? Is there anything else you, you like doing? I'm actually a bit of a nerd. So I'm kind of a gamer. Um, oh. So, you know, and, and not always conventional games. You know, I, I, a lot of people play like Call of Duty and stuff like that. I like, you know, Japanese RPG games. I, I like to kind of go down these like indie games sometimes so I, I spend a lot of time doing that stuff you know if there's, if there's one thing i can say is if i only had um shares in steam i would be a very wealthy man i don't know about right. you <laughs> yeah i i i used to be in the, the the steam camp where i'd buy you know 11 games on sale and never open them right that was my <laughs> that was my hobby on steam it's like collecting domain names you ever do that it's, yeah. it seems the same in steam collecting yeah. games you never play yeah, it's funny because uh, there was a stage there jamie that i would use kinguin.net and they would you know enable you to buy all these games cheaper then i thought no i don't feel right about that so back to the steam zone we went but uh, tell me in costa rica what's your favorite food Honestly, uh, here in Costa Rica, it, it's something they call gajo pinto, which oh. is it's kind of like rice and beans, which doesn't sound that glamorous, but you know, they cook it in a really particular way. We we eat it most mornings. It's beautiful. That with some eggs on the side, very oh. light, very nutritious. It's it's awesome. Love that. Well, tell me a little bit about your day, in fact, because I, I love to talk about you know business and those sorts of things, which we're going to do in the core of the call. But you know, at the end of the day, it's. Um, Fundamentals of business don't generally change that much, but the people behind the businesses do. So tell us a little bit about your daily routine. I, I love this question because this is one of the things that I talk to all the time with my clients. It's almost the first thing we do. You know, we break up our time into, into two sections, both me and my business partner, Angel. Um, we have what we call CEO time in the morning. And then we have, you know, the rest of the day for meetings and, and our daily activities. So what we do is we is we basically block off the first three to four hours of our day 
So basically until midday is completely blocked off for the entire week. And so that's where we focus on building the business. So when we're trying to grow, need a guest and we're trying to get, you know, more podcasters to find guests, you know, we'll go in and we'll build email sequences or we'll, you know, build projects or hire team members and train them. And a lot of that stuff is what we classify as like working on the business rather than working in the business where you're like doing the activities. So we block off that time and we call it CEO time. And then the rest of the day, you know, come 12 o'clock, that's where all the meetings come in, whether we're doing podcast interviews or team meetings or trainings or coaching calls, you know, all the activities that we do in the day kind of are in the second part of the day. And um, my business partner, she she used to travel all over the place. Angel would be, you know, going to this event and that event. And one of the first things we did when we started working together was just block off her calendar. We, we took a, you know, a battle axe to, to her events and, you know, she credits it to to today to allowing us to get a lot more done you know we divide and conquer as a team and we yep. spend a lot of time on the business yep. i feel like a lot of business i don't know if you agree rick like sometimes they just they're, they're very reactive throughout their day it's like you know the day starts they, they open up slack or their email and they're like oh my god what fires do i have to put out so we very intentionally try and force ourselves to to not do that you know yeah absolutely so what about you personally like in the first thing in the morning like the the moment that you wake up sometimes I don't get this often, but sometimes I want to pull the covers over the back of, back over my head. Do you ever have those days, and how do you get over that? All the time. You know, one <laughs> of the things that for me is that I'm I'm not really one of those entrepreneurs that's going to force myself to do something if I, if I don't feel energetically good about it. I yep. used to do that, and then I find that I just, you know, you remember like in school where like a teacher is forcing you to do something, and you'd be oh. looking at the notebook, <laughs> yep. and you don't really do it, but you're there looking at the screen. Doesn't it feel like that in work sometimes, <laughs> right? It's like yep. you're at the screen. So you know, for me, like every morning is a little bit different. Sometimes I'll wake up and go straight to work. I walk the dog every morning. So that's, that's a good way to kind of get me out the house, get a bit of vitamin D in the, in the body. But sometimes if we wake up early enough, you know, me, me and Natty, my girlfriend, we'll, we'll go sit outside. She makes this amazing, you know, drink with like cumin and, um, you know, all, all, all of that stuff that stains, you know, the mugs really bad, but it's really good for you. (laughs) So she'll make a big mugger like health and we have a mugger health (laughs) in the morning and, uh, Yeah, we'll just sit and and when when we are able to do that, you know, it's it's a lot better. One thing I've actually been working on is going to bed earlier. You know, oh. when I go to bed at nine, I can wake up early. But you know, sometimes when I go to bed at ten or eleven, that's when I'm waking up exhausted and tired. So yes. that's what I've been. <laughs> My mum was right. I needed to set a bedtime. Who knew? So tell me, do you have a busy mind, and do you find it difficult to switch off? Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is um, we kind of have gotten into a routine to help us with this. So you know, we'll try and take certain things to help us fall to sleep at night, you know, different supplements and, you know, stuff like that. But also we we actually have rain noises that we play at night, which helps me a lot because otherwise my brain just goes on and and runs away like a, like a runaway train. Now tell me about your pets. You've got a dog. What type of dog is it? She's just a mutt. She's a, she was a street dog. Um, We rescued her (laughs) and uh, yeah, she, she had a really tough time. We've had her for about two years now. And, um, you know, it was really, it was really challenging when we first got her because she didn't like people, she didn't like other dogs. But you know, with enough time, they come around, they and come around. Uh, yeah, she's she's wonderful now. They're almost like a soft place to fall occasionally to have those conversations you don't feel comfortable having with anyone else, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we talk to our dog more than we talk to people. So I don't know if you're in that camp, but I'm the. Oh I'm yes. definitely the. You know, I'll I'll be walking along in the street and I'll go and have a conversation with someone's dog before I say hi to them. You know what I mean? That's, I tell you, I know all about it. We have three Rottweilers. We we're Rottweiler lovers, and uh, you know they're just a beautiful animal. And uh, 
they're big they're big rugs basically so <laughs> right now right. tell me Beautiful I, dogs. when i was growing up i always had pets but you know i always thought about those times that i reflect on and and i think of fondly tell me uh, tell me or share with us one fond uh fun memory you have as a child as a child yes. oh my gosh when uh, I, I think when, when I was growing up, uh, there's a lot of running around in the woods, yeah. right? So so that's what I did a lot as a kid. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the fonder memories, just running around, being free in the woods. Did you ever have the rule that uh, you could be home any time as long as it was before the uh, the lights came on? I don't know. No, we, no. We, so we, we, we just, it was all, we, we lived in a pub with a lot of, like, oh. you know, land land yeah. around it. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, my parents could see me kind of wherever I was. So it wasn't really so much of a big issue. But, uh, yeah. I'm sure I had a, a time that I had to come uh, I, I always think about parents and other inspirational people, those who have helped me become the person that I am today. Did you have anybody like that in your life? And who would that be? I think probably the the most inspirational person that I can think of that, that really led the way was, was more when I was a young adult um, working in a sales job mm -hmm. and, you know, being a manager and progressing and all, all the corporate stuff. Um, there was this great you know, guy that was leading me. And what was great is that he didn't, you know, really stand for any bullshit. You know, yep. he would just lay it out and he's like, you know, you have to be above reproach in everything that you do. You know, if you want your team members to respect you, you have to be respectable. And so he taught me a lot of the value of, you know, doing things right and being above reproach, yep. which I think when you're running a team is so important. You know, you can't call out one of your team members for being late if you're constantly late. You know, you can't call out a team member for being, you know, neat and organized if you aren't. So, you know, that that was really powerful. And I, I learned that from him. Now, your first entrepreneurial experience, tell us about it. Mine was washing cars. Do you recall yours? Actually, I, I, I kind of was a late bloomer to entrepreneurship, which is kind of funny. I think everybody thinks that, you know, entrepreneurs are born and, and not made. Um, I always liked the idea of being in business, but I was kind of afraid to, to take a lot of the steps. My first kind of soiree into online business was actually being a blogger like i started to travel and i made you know some money as an affiliate mm -hmm. and that was kind of how i kind of got started so a <laughs> bit of a late bloomer but yeah that's that was my first type of entrepreneurial gig thank you very much for the feedback now i i know that uh, we touched on you know getting out of bed in the morning want to pull the covers over your head again but this also makes me think about the importance of having uh, an appropriate mindset for the day tell us about the importance of uh, mindset for you well, I think, you know, mindset is different to everybody. And I'm, I'm not one of those people that will tell you, you know, you should do certain things. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's different, um, you know, but one of the things that's really interesting is that even though there's lots of different things you can do, our brains all kind of work the same way. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, some people have like learning difficulties or ADHD or stuff and, and their brains work differently. But, you know, for the majority of us, we, we work in the same way. So I think what's really important is understanding how your brain works and working you know, to get you being more productive or, you know, getting into the right zone is if you can understand why you do certain behaviors, it makes it really easy for you to change those behaviors. Yeah. You know, for example, um, one of my friends was, you know, really big into 75 hard. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's that, you know, workout program, mm -hmm. but you know, it's really a mental toughness program because what it does is it gets you to make, you know, eight things that you're going to do every single day for 75 days in a row and you tick it off every day and you yeah. get all the things done. And, you know, uh, going through that, like reprograms your mind, you know, you get more stuff done and your subconscious mind is going to tell you, hey, you're a person that gets things done. If you make a to do list of 50 things and you only do one of them, you know, you're actually telling your subconscious mind, hey, 
I'm not going to do things that I write down and, and it creates resistance. So for me, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in, you know, kind of crazy mindset stuff. I, I'm more into, you know, practical things yep. and understanding how you work inside of your brain and, and sort of using that to your advantage, being able to analyze like, why am I doing things? Why am I behaving in certain ways so that you can figure out how to get, you know, more out of your, more out of your output. It's fascinating how our mindset impacts our discipline. So thank you very much for that feedback. Now you've had obviously a great deal of experience in sales and marketing in a professional uh, capacity. You're also a very uh, um, a professional podcaster and, and you're doing lots in that space, which we're just about to talk about. But out of all those things, Jamie, what do you do the best, do you think? I think honestly, one of the things that I do the best is, you know, coaching. Um, it's something that's that's kind of one of these like weird superpowers I didn't know I had until I started doing it. Mm. Um, I had this sort of ability to pull really great ideas out of people. There was a lady that just started working with us and she just did as a testimony the other day. She's like, I've been trying to get clear on my niche for 14 years. And she's been pretty successful. She built a six-figure business, but you know she's never really gotten it like where she felt amazing about it. Yep. And she, you know, had a couple of sessions with us, and she's like, "Wow, that's it, right? That's amazing." And now she's got this like really driven vision of where she's going because she knows what she's building. She'll absolutely be a seven-figure business owner within a couple of years, without a doubt. But um, you know, that's I think is one of those hidden talents. I'm also I like copywriting. Like I, I love to write uh, and that's something that's kind of a, a very natural kind of thing for me. And, and I love doing that with clients, but I think it's, it's helping people find those things within themselves that they can't always see. And my favorite expressions is the cobbler's kid has no shoes, right? Like if you're the guy making the shoes, you're not making them for your kid. And I think as business owners, we can be great at helping other people, but struggle to see it for ourselves. And so, you know, that's really what, what I love to do as a superpower is help people see what they can't see for themselves. That's um, it's very interesting. You mentioned copywriting because at the moment I see this um, surge of AI technology coming to the fore, and people, you know, now becoming established authors over the course of eight hours. You know, and I wonder what your views of AI are. Well, I mean, I actually don't really think about AI all that much mm. because there's there's a lot of people out there who are way more into it than me that will be able to get way more revelations from me rather than me being in it. Yep. So, you know, I would rather, you know, wait and see what comes up and, and then act on it later on. And for me, I'm all about focus. AI is never going to be my superpower. It's just not the kind of person that I am. I'm a relationship builder. I'm good at copy. So, you know, a lot of people are worried about it, maybe rightfully so, you know, and a lot of people are trying to get on board with it. But for most people, 99% of probably the people listening, I think it's a distraction. Mm. It's like instead of focusing on your craft and making your product better or fixing the problems in your business, which yeah. most of the time are probably just getting more leads, right? You know, we get distracted by these shiny objects. We've got to be thinking about this stuff. So, you know, not discounting the value of it, but honestly, I, I don't think about it don't at all because I know. No, because I, I just focus on, on, on solving the problems in front of me. And when AI becomes, you know, big enough that it can solve the problems or it needs to be something my attention needs to go towards, yep. we'll shift our focus then and there. But for now, I'm just, you know, focusing on what we need to build and, and what we need to do. Great feedback. Thank you very much, Jamie. Now, I know you've had multiple businesses. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, the precursors to Media Firestorm and how that all came about. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of us, we, we we build a lot of businesses and then we slowly build less as we get better in business. <laughs> I didn't notice this, right? Oh, yes. My first six businesses never crossed, you know, $10,000 a month. My next business, we grew to, you know, a seven-figure business and 
that's the one I had before the one with Angel. And yep. now me and Angel have needaguest.com, which we have together, which is where our media firestorm process comes in. But the businesses I ran before, before the most recent one, I actually helped podcasters to grow and, and make more money. You know, we've been able to help generate nearly $8 million in, in trackable podcast sales. And mm. our average person we were helping only had about a thousand downloads on their show. So we're really proud of that. And that's what I was dedicated to for nearly four years in that business, yep. helping podcasters grow and monetize. Before that, oh my gosh, Rick, like a whole host of things from Facebook ad agencies <laughs> to a Pinterest marketing agency to an Instagram you know, challenge and all you of these different it. things. Yeah, lots of things just trying to get my feet wet. You know, I think a lot of the time we we, we try and get our business right the first time round. Yeah. Try and make the perfect business. Sometimes you just got to do a few, you know, to get your feet under you, to get the skills, and you'll eventually stumble across the right one later as you grow and you evolve. So, you know, I, that's why I say to people, don't worry so much about getting it right. Worry about just getting into it, right? Get get moving. Don't worry so much about picking the perfect thing. Yeah, you don't have to be, uh, you know, perfect to start you just have to start to become perfect over time i guess but uh what are the goals of your current business what are you what's your mission what do you really want to achieve at the end of the day when all the days are done you want to look back what do you hope to have achieved i think this is what's exciting about needaguest.com because when me and angel first came into this business you know we recognized the value of podcast interviews you know going on a podcast is a giant source of traffic for most people yep. and these audiences i mean you tell me rick you've been podcasting for 11 years mm. there's going to be people that have been listening to your show die hard probably for years and you know those people love you <laughs> you've cultivated this amazing relationship and so that isn't just you know a lead or a number or a view yeah that's somebody that like trusts you and so people don't realize that that these audiences that exist out there are not just you know exposure but these are almost like trusted references that exist. So when me and Angel first came in, we saw we had these two skill sets. She developed needaguest.com. It's a free Facebook group. And you know, at the time, she had 10,000 people in it. And people were going in and using it to get booked on shows, to find guests for shows. Yep. Amazing resource. And I had come in, and I had all of these skill sets around monetizing podcasts and making money from podcasts and so what we did was we we sort of merged our two skill sets together and that's where we built this media firestorm process and what we wanted to create rick was really simple we wanted to completely disrupt the podcast industry because if you look at podcast booking services or podcast booking tools mm -hmm. you know they're all pretty much the same you know you get a va you go do a bunch of outreach, you know, you get these terrible pitches that come into your emails, which <laughs> clearly they're copying and pasting from one <laughs> to the other, you know, and it just didn't feel very authentic. So yeah. what we what we want to do is in, in that time that we've been working together nearly a year now, we've grown need a guest from 10,000 members to 31,000 members. We had a different group that we acquired that's got another 30,000 members. So, you know, we've really 6x the size of that audience in less than a year. Yeah. So we want to grow our collective podcast audience to over a million podcasters and podcast professionals. And we want to keep that free forever. So people can come in, they can use it, they can get booked. And, you know, we think doing that is going to, one, just really bring super, super powerful, you know, booking options to people who didn't know it was an option before. Yep. But beyond that, what we really want to do is empower that, that you know, not even 1%, probably 0.1% of the people that are coming into our communities, showing them how to go one step further, not only get booked, but really figure out how do we how do we turn this into a real business? How do we get on podcast interviews and actually turn it into customers, turn it into exposure? How do we grow our business in a meaningful way? 
but actually making sure that they're serving the shows that they're getting connected on as well, right? Because, I mean, you probably know this, Rick. People who come on to these shows and they just want to pitch their stuff without understanding who's listening, without giving value, they don't get very far, right? That, that doesn't really work. It's kind of disingenuous, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it sucks, right? It's like, it's like, you're not here to help. You're here just to pitch. Yeah. And so we, we're really here to serve first. And, and we recognize there's a big opportunity, not only for people who are looking to get on podcasts, but podcasters themselves, because a lot of podcasters, they want to grow, they want to get more exposure. And one of the best ways to do that is to go get booked on other shows, right? That's one of the fastest ways podcasters can grow. So it's really, you know, multi, multi opportunities here for different people coming in. And so that's what we want to build. We want to build the number one place for people to get booked on shows and for podcasters to figure out how to grow and, you know, monetize and, and, and get to the next level with their shows. Is, uh, is Need a Guest um, also suitable for purely business owners who don't want to start their own podcast? Is that? Yeah. So, so here's what's fascinating is of the 63,000 or so, you know, members we've got in the two groups, mm-hmm. um, about 10% are podcasters. The rest are business owners. And so what the way that we look at this is you want to think of this a little bit, you know, like a job board, right? You've got businesses coming in, posting jobs. They're probably the 10%. And you've got 90% is people applying to the jobs. Well, it's kind of the same in Need a Guest. We have a lot of podcasters coming in and saying, hey, we're looking for this kind of podcaster. We want to have this kind of show. And then once you come into the group, you, you know, comment on those posts and you really, you know, look for the opportunities because we keep the group simple. It's just two posts. You, you come in and you either are posting because you need a guest or you're posting because you want to be a guest. And those are the only two types of posts that we allow. So it makes it very easy for you to literally come into the group, scroll through all the opportunities, see a great show you want to be a guest on, and you just comment down below and apply. You know, and there's some advanced strategies that, that we teach, you know, our clients. And, and we also help people who listen to us on these shows, you know, figure out how to do it better, right? How to have yep. more success. But it's really like, you know, looking through a job board. It's like, oh, here are all these podcasts that I can potentially be on as a guest. You know, which one should I pitch to? Which one should I apply to? And, and that's kind of how the group works. And, and it's why it's had such viral growth because people love it. It's such mm. a big resource. It seems to me that a lot of beginner guests um, uh, have a little bit of maybe fear, for lack of better words, a little bit of anxiety. Um, How do you help them move past that? What sort of resources do you provide? Yeah, honestly, I think the biggest thing is just making it simple. You know, um, (laughs) we spent four months putting together this amazing podcast database for our clients. It's got you know, 50 plus data points. You can see how big a show is, what their business name is, what their goal is, how long they've been in. All of this data, huge resource, right? And we gave that to our clients. And then what we also decided to do was send one email every week. And this email has 10 podcasts in it with a link for you to go and apply. Uh, And 99% of our clients, guess what they use? They use the email because it's so simple. So one of the things that we've noticed is that the simpler we can make this for you, the easier it is for you to execute. So, you know, it really is as simple, Rick, as going into the group seeing somebody posting and commenting with what they're asking for. Most of the time they say, tell me what your topic is. What would you like to talk about? So you go into the group, you find the right post, you know, you can search for certain keywords depending on, you know, what certain, you know, type of show you want to get on. If you want to be on a business show, you maybe type in business. If you want to be on a health show, you type health and you just really follow the instructions and it it doesn't need to be a lot more complicated than that. Um, you know, we, we have put together, you know, something we, we call a pop-up podcast. It's a three-episode mini-series, and it really walks people through how to get the best out of the group because this is something we found, Rick, is a lot of people say, well, it sounds easy, 
but you know how do i actually do it and yes. so we put together this three episode series to really walk people through and actually to get them booked on their first couple of shows every friday inside of the group we also host a co-working session where you can show up and you can just book you know using the group alongside other members of the group that's yep. fantastically yep. popular because it just shows people you know it gives you an easy way to get into it it's like come in see what other people are doing oh okay i understand how this works you know i can do something like this too you know and you can build some great you know relationships as you do that right it's nice to do Absolutely. things with other people <laughs> in the in the world we live in today it can feel a bit isolating as an entrepreneur right oh, it's nice yes. to do things with other people great feedback thank you once again now you've just outlined the system of which uh, you you follow at uh, need a guest but i'm wondering in terms of uh, a guest who is looking to become uh, you know a guest on somebody's podcast they will have to have a knock-on system a follow-on system a you know lead capture into conversion process um after post the interview is that something right. you teach how does that all unfold for the guest who's looking to make more sales i guess yeah, this is a great question because even what you just said, Rick, right? <laughs> when when we look at this, you say lead capture, sales process. The, like people hear that and they're paralyzed. They're like, oh my God, that sounds fantastically complicated. <laughs> yep. What do I do? Right. Yep. So, you know, whenever people are getting booked on podcasts, we we point out that there are really three things that you need to focus on to have success. One, you want to get consistent. You know, we recommend two shows a week because you can do that forever with a couple of, you know, weeks off for Christmas and things like that. Yep. Two hours a week isn't going to break the bank. Very easy to maintain. But, you know, that's the first thing we say, get booked consistently. The second thing that's actually really important is get booked on high quality shows because we see a lot of people that sometimes come into our communities and they say to me, Jamie, Angel, you know, I've been booked on 150 podcasts in the last two years and I haven't made a red cent. Mm. And they say, what's going on? And we usually do a bit of digging, you know, and we use a website. You can write this down. It's called listennotes.com. And you can search for podcasts. And, you know, if you want to go and be a guest on someone's show and you want to see how established is it, how high quality is it, you can go in and, and it will give you information. It will tell you this is a top 10% show, a top 5% show, a top two, a top 1%. And when you look at those percentages, it really helps you to gauge how high quality the show is. Now, here's what's crazy. You know, the top 1% of podcasts actually contain 99% of all podcast downloads. <laughs> yeah. When I tell people that statistic, they, they're surprised because a top 10% show sounds great, but anything that's below the top 1%, you can be fighting over, you know, the scraps. It's like, you know, let's all fight over these, you know, 1% that's left over. So one of the things that's really fascinating is we, we did some studies and we looked at this and if you get booked on, say, two top 1% podcasts, they can be the equivalent of a whole year, 100 podcast episodes on more beginner shows. Yeah. And so it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to work harder or do you want to work smarter? So those are the first two things that we talk about is one, be consistent, but two, make sure that you're getting booked on those higher quality shows. And this is one of the things we help people do both in the group and, and inside of our programs. But the third thing, and this is what your point was to Rick, is well, I'm going on these podcasts, I'm getting in front of a ton of people, how do I make sure that I'm actually gonna get customers? Mm. Like, how do I turn them into sales? Yep. And so one of the things that we teach our clients to do, and, and actually you guys can actually get to experience this because we have one of these for ourselves, is that thing I was talking about earlier, a pop-up podcast. And so a pop-up podcast is really just three podcast episodes, you know, three 20 minute, very simple podcast episodes. Yep which you put together to solve a problem. 
So you have your dream customer coming in there. You're on this podcast, you're promoting yourself, you're talking about all of these things. And then at the end of it, you're going to say, hey, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you've been learning about this and now you want to know how can I do this thing that, you know, Jamie or Rick has been talking about, you can go download this three episode podcast mini series. And so what, what's really fascinating about this, and you'll love this, Rick, as a podcaster, is audio consumption rates are just through the roof compared the roof. to every other medium. So we had a lady in 2020 where she did a split test between a webinar, right? Those 60 minute, you know, long live sessions that you do yep. um, and, and a pop-up podcast. And her webinar, she had a thousand people signed up, 10% of people showed up. Her pop-up podcast, same thing, thousand people signed up, but 600 of them listened to all three episodes. So it was 60% listened to three That's episodes. That's astounding, isn't it? So exactly the same message across both the mediums, but there was just six times more people that heard the message. So you can imagine, you know, just because we're consuming passively in audio, and these podcasts, they're just like regular podcasts. They, you know, they go into your podcast player, you can play them, you can pick them up, you can put them down. But there's something about that passive medium where people see things through, you know, rather than a video, you know, we get bored after two minutes and we, we click away, right? Yeah. Kind of how we do it. So one of the things that we, we really encourage all of our clients to do is, is instead of trying to build a fantastically confusing funnel and steps and lead processes and just getting overwhelmed, we teach them to do these three episode series. It's three simple episodes. And the way these podcasts work is that for people to download them, they, they have to give you their email address, right? Just like a regular opt-in yep. form if you were downloading a guide. Yep. But rather than a PDF that everyone's just going to put in that folder on their desktop, never to be seen again, the guide graveyard, I call <laughs> it, you know, our mind. Instead, they're, right, they're actually going to go through something that gets them to know you better and it leads them into a sales conversation. So the, the reason we call them pop-up podcasts is kind of like a pop-up restaurant. It's only going to be live for seven days and then it disappears. Oh. So it creates a lot of urgency. You know, if you're listening to this mini series, every episode is, well, you've only got a week, you've only got three days, you've only got five days before it disappears. And so it creates this very natural urgency for Scarcity. people to go through the content. Right. Just very natural scarcity. We tell people up front, hey, we do this because by putting a deadline on it, you're going to take it more seriously. You're going to actually go through it. So that's what we really encourage all of our clients to do is one, you know, go get booked on great shows Two, make sure they're high quality. So you're getting in front of a lot of traffic. And then at the end, instead of saying, go to my social media or go to my website where we all know people are just going to drop off and never, you know, take any action. We send them through this mini series, which is designed to you know, get them to listen crucially. But more importantly, at the end of that podcast series, we're going to make them a great offer to take the next step because this thing is expiring in seven days. It gives us a very natural jumping off point to say, hey, if you want to take the next step before this pop-up podcast expires, no, we've got an amazing offer for you to do that. So it just allows us to create this really powerful marketing campaign yeah. inside of this valuable three-episode mini-series. You know, and, uh, and sometimes when I start to explain this to people, you know, it gets a little confusing. I always say to people, the best way to understand how one of these things works is don't listen to what I say, watch what I, I do. do. And, you know, 
maybe at the end, we, if we get chance, we can kind of share my pop-up podcast, the example, because it's kind of double benefit. It's going to show you how to go use need a guest to get booked. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can sort of see a little bit of the magic of what we do in this. You can watch what I send in my emails. You can watch what I do at the end of episode three and really sort of see how this works for yourself. And I think that's a great way to experience it and figure out, you know, is this the right sort of thing for me to do inside of my business? I, I don't know if that helps, Rick, but oh, look, those are the three things we do that is amazing that that is uh pretty much well defined the the outline of media firestorm uh as a program i'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it but uh i always think about the um how blessed i am to live in the 21st century and have this amazing technology to communicate with people all around the world uh, with different business owners of different sizes in different niches doing different things amazing things you know, tell us about the types of people that would benefit from this types of business owners. You know, honestly, the, the, the thing that we see all the time is this, what we primarily are doing with this free group and, and this service that we offer is we're helping people fix lead generation because, you know, I love working with more startup businesses. We, we have some clients who make a lot of money. There's a client we work with who does, you know, 9 million a year and they're great. And it's fun to work with them because they're doing such great stuff, yep. but it, it doesn't fill me up as much as working with someone who you know gets to a hundred thousand dollars for the first time that to me is just way more exciting because yeah. that's going to change their life you know what i mean it's like oh wow they finally made it and so you know when you're looking at what the biggest value is for getting on interviews and using a system like this it really solves the problem of having conversations with your dream customers most businesses that are stuck below six figures and and trying to get to a seven figure business there's only one thing they really need more of and it's sales conversations. If you focus on one metric in your business and you say, how do I just get more conversations? I promise you, your business will grow if you increase that number. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. They have great products, they have great processes, but they have a hard time getting more leads and having more sales conversations. So for business owners that are, that are you know, listening to this and maybe you've tried Facebook organic, maybe you've tried doing posts and going into groups, maybe you've tried running Facebook ads, maybe you've done Instagram shout outs, maybe you do cold outreach on LinkedIn, you know, all of these different methods can work, but you know, they, they can be challenging, right? How do I get in front of enough people if I'm just doing it organically? How do I, you know, scale without putting all of this capital up front if I'm running ads? So the nice thing about podcasts is that it's this sweet spot of you can actually get really big audience exposure for not a lot of money, if any money, right? Even some great big shows that you can get a lot of exposure on might only charge you hundred or 200 bucks to get on those shows. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic investment because you're getting in front of a really well-established audience that's been there for a really long time. Shout out to Rick, by the way, if anybody wants to come on this show, <laughs> this is a great example of a podcast with an amazing audience that would benefit your business to come on a show like this. I would happily pay a thousand dollars to come on a show like this, right? Because I know we're going to get exposure and we're going to get, you know, if we get one client, from coming on a show like this, it would be worth it to spend that money. So, you know, for anybody that's trying to get more leads, they're trying to get more customers. I mean, I'd encourage you to try podcasting because if you can do it consistently, just two episodes a week, it's only two hours. I mean, yeah. Rick, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you know, I've tried so many lead gen methods and I'd be spending 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 hours a week writing posts and doing things and oh, doing yeah. that. It's a big investment in yep. time and sometimes it's a big investment in money. You know, I love podcasts because you can just do two a week. And the nice thing about Need a Guest is that is we make it really easy. You know, we've already got these podcasts that have these great audiences 
in the group posting every week. You can really just go and reach out and, and get home. onto those existing traffic shows. And then, you know, on the back end, as long as you can really figure out how to do this efficiently, even if you don't use a pop-up podcast, even if, you know, you just promote something that you've already got built in your business, it's a really easy way, you know, to get in front of new audiences. So, so those are the, the types of businesses I would really encourage to look into this and, and go use the group. It's free. You know, you can download this pop-up podcast. It will walk you through how to do it. And you'll get to see behind the scenes of what we do, you know, to fuel and grow our business. But it doesn't have to be a lot more complicated than that. You can do a couple of interviews a week, Make sure you're getting on you know, high quality shows by using the group as a resource. And then beyond that, we want to just be making sure we've got a very simple system to get people on the phone, to connect with you, to talk about you know, what you do and how you can serve them. Does, does that make sense, Rick? Does Absolutely. That and once you gain that momentum, um, you're on your way. Now, I've had a look behind the curtain uh, for anybody who's on the show today. We're just about to share how you can make contact and get involved with everything that Jamie and his wonderful team are doing. Um, but tell me, Jamie, as we get to the pointy end of the call, how does it make you feel when you see people, clients, guests, relationships that you now have because of the work you're doing? How does it make you feel when they get results? Honestly, it, it can be overwhelming at times mm. in terms of just, you know, the, the sheer impact because you just don't realize that there's a lady that I worked with nearly three years ago now and, um, you know, we, we helped her get started in business, figure out her first ever business, leave her job. Today, she works with, you know, a thousand clients every month, helping them to do the same thing. And so the reach that you can have when you start to help entrepreneurs, it, it just compounds because, you know, helping one person, they can go help another 100, 200,000, 10,000 people. And that's really incredible. But I think what me and Angel get the most out of this is when we meet our clients in person. You know, we do retreats each year. We, we do a lot of events in person. And um, just recently, we were at an event called PodFest um, in, in Orlando, in Florida, yes. yep. where Angel lives, actually. And uh, we were at this event, and we had about 10 of our clients you know, that came with us. And to get to meet them in person, to you know, put on some special training for them, but also just to hear about the impact, that how their lives have changed, how ideas have formed. You know, we, we have this amazing lady called Kathy. And, and Kathy, she, she helps kids who are on the on the spectrum that neurodivergent children yep. who sometimes with autism, mm -hmm. you know, who are just two or three years old. And she helps parents really figure out how to reduce the noise and, and help them. Not, not like a world changing, you know, seven or eight figure business, just a, an amazing lady helping parents who are really struggling. And she just had a book before she started working with us. And she said to me, Jamie, you know, when I came into this, we, ju I just thought I was writing a book and now I've got all of these plans. It's evolving. I'm helping these parents. I just never knew this was possible. And for me, that impact just feels way more significant sometimes than just making a lot more money. Oh, yeah. And you just you just don't know what's going to happen. And so if you have clients and you haven't met them in person, I would recommend it. You'd be amazed at what you start to discover when you meet people in person and, and have these conversations. You know what? This brings out the essence of the My Future Business Show. It's helpful people helping people. And it's a real credit to you, Jamie, um, what you've done, what you're going to do. Uh, again, I've seen behind the curtain, you've done some amazing things. But now that we are nearing the end of the call, I'm wondering if anybody wants to learn more about uh, Need a Guest or join the group, where can they go to do that? 
Yeah, I mean, the best thing you guys can do is go and experience it for yourself because because it's all free. So all you need to do is go to needaguest.com, N-W-E-D-A-Guest.com. <laughs> should be easy to spell that right, Rick. <laughs> I you know, that sometimes one. I would misspell it. But um, <laughs> you, if you go to the website there, one, you can actually go and join the group and you can get inside of there and you can use it. Uh, and also on needaguest.com, you'll get access to our private pop-up podcast, the three-episode miniseries I was telling you about. So, you know, both of those are completely free. At the end of this pop-up podcast, we we make you an offer. We say, hey, we would love to work with you if you're the right fit. And, you know, not everybody that comes into our world, in fact, only 0.1%, I think we, we, we learned when we looked at numbers, 0.1% of all the people that come into our world actually end up becoming clients. So, you know, don't feel, you know, under pressure as you come through this. If you're the right person, you'll probably be the right fit. And if you're not, that's totally fine. But I would really encourage you to go through that process and not just listen to what we say, you know, teaching you how to go get booked on shows, but watch what we do. Because that little three episode micro series, you will be shocked at how powerful something like that can be inside of the business, especially when paired with these podcast interviews. So go to needaguest.com. You can go join the groups. You can go download this free podcast series that's going to show you how to go get booked on podcasts. We'll solve that problem for you in less than a week. And on top of that, you know, see what you think about that methodology because everybody we show this to, Rick, and we show them the numbers and we show them about using audio instead of video to really yeah. warm people up as customers. They're fascinated by it. It's really, really interesting. So that's where I'd recommend you guys go, needaguest.com, and we'd love to help you out. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Jamie, for the feedback. Again, if you're on this call and uh, you want to um, start your journey in the podcasting world, it's very exciting. And importantly, it's very effective way to get in front of your best audience and stay there. Like I always say, podcasting is uh, just the way to go. So again, I'll be making sure that the links back to Need a Guest are below this uh, call, no matter where you see it, in whatever format, video, audio, both, whatever, um, you're going to find needaguest.com link below this call. But uh, with all that being said, Jamie, great call. Thank you very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate your time.